I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever been really embarrassed or humiliated by your partner? Well, then today's episode is for you. I'm going to be answering a question from a wonderful listener while going over the different ways our partners can embarrass us and what to do about it. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hi, welcome back to the podcast. I am really glad you're here. If you are watching me on YouTube right now, you are seeing the most epic, fabulous necklace you've ever seen in your whole life. So I'm just letting you know you're missing out if you're not checking me out on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) But it's fine to listen here too. Um, So I got this great question today from a listener and uh, there's many I have in the queue, but I had had a bunch of questions that were in the queue, asking this in different ways. And I just thought, this is it. I'm just going to do this. Um, I think this one's really well said and short and all that good stuff. And I'm still having a little cough. So sorry, we don't edit that stuff out. (sighs) Here we go. So I'm going to read the question and we're going to talk all about uh, what to do about it. All right. Um, So first she is just lovely. I'm going to call her Maisie. You know, she heard about me um, in the podcast in the New York Times article where I was quoted last January. Thank you. I know. I'm very proud of that. 
Um, <laughs> she's like, you're golden, the Jewish mother I never knew I needed, but oh, so definitely do. <clears throat> so thank you for that. But so here's her question. <clears throat> do you have any advice on dealing with a partner's embarrassing behavior, both when it happens in real time and also after the fact? So what happened for her, and I will paraphrase a bit <clears throat> with, we'll call her Maisie, is that she and her partner started dating just as the pandemic was ramping up. And so much, of course, of the relationship in the beginning had lacked any, you know, real social stuff because it was a pandemic. So, you know, there were no happy hours, there was no big parties, none of that stuff, obviously. Well, so what happened was, so her her boyfriend has met some of her family one-on-one -on -one and things have gone well and people really like him. She thinks he's he's delightful, of course. So she said she had a friend who hosted a get-together recently. And, you know, she was really have, excited to have her friends meet her wonderful, sweet, amazing boyfriend, but that's not who showed up. So what happened was apparently uh, he drank a lot of beer all evening and he came off as intense, combative, and arrogant. Uh, he ignored, you know, I guess she was trying to like elbow nudge him during it. You know, he was ignoring that and whispered, uh, you know, she had some whispered requests to please stop drinking and he was ignoring that too. Uh, they, she said, you know, she was really embarrassed. They ended up leaving early and, you know, but later she attempted some kind of solid communication with him. Yes. She, she, you know, I've been listening to the podcast. She's learned things. She says she tried her best to discuss it. And he admitted to having more social anxiety than he had previously let on, which was my guess before I even got this far in the letter. Um, and that he felt awkward at the gathering and had trouble connecting. Um, and he kept drinking to feel better which people do. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, oh yeah, I do that. Or I've done that. He still felt justified in the argument he'd had with one of the other people at the party, but agreed to respect, you know, my wishes that he not engage in conflict at future events in my social circle. So what she said, you know, what I, what she didn't communicate was the depth of her embarrassment and that, uh, she believes he made such a terrible, and this was like in cap capital letters, first impression and she says, you know, my partner's sensitive. There's been a lot of, you know, background uh, tra trauma of different kinds, which I'm not going to get into, and, you know, abandonment and some other things. So she says, I want to communicate him in a, with him in a way that makes him feel safe uh, and secure in the relationship. However, I still feel like I wasn't able to communicate the full extent of my frustration. And it's eating at me and making me bitter. So, and then, yeah, so he, again, has made a great first impressions in other ways and all that. She says, I'd like to try again with my party host friend, but to do it one-on-one, -on -one. Um, since it seems like a huge, you know, large group of strangers is not the way to go. Uh, and I'll avoid doing that in the future. Her question is, if something like this happens again in the future, what can I do in a moment? And in general, do you have advice on handling partners causing embarrassment and making terrible first impressions? Oh, boy. So... We're going to call her Maisie and him Josh, because, you know, I like to assign names when we're, when we're doing this kind of stuff. And there's a lot here to unpack, right? And I really want to teach you about embarrassment today and a little more about that and what it means. <clears throat> so, but where do I start? So, yeah, let me, let me start here, though. So, when someone, when you're, we have a partner, when you have a partner who has some social anxiety, who just isn't great in, in these kind of groups, and you might be one of these people too, who met during the pandemic and things were very different and now things have changed. Or sometimes what happens is 
people are together for a long time and, um, you know, they're doing okay. And then they have kids and kids really necessitate, you know, preschools and school and play dates and parties and all kinds of things. And then, you know, suddenly a partner will get upset. So whatever that is, uh, first and foremost, so I love that Maisie is getting like, oh, we, you know, can't have these kind of um, interactions we've had before. I have to remember that. And, but more importantly, because those interactions just do come up sometimes, even when you're don't think they're going to. You can, I had a client, uh, it was a little while ago now, a couple months ago, but who went to do a thing with one other couple and they ended up at this big, because all these other people were there and like, oh, come join us. And so the thing he was comfortable with, which was one other couple became like seven couples, he said, or something. It was big and he got very uncomfortable and he too had drank too much to try to deal with it and had caused a big problem. Anyway, so, you know, these situations are going to happen. So I, I say this, number one, number one tip is to always set intention before you're going out and before you're going to meet people, before you're going to do these things. Just, you know, set, just check in, me and you, the two of us, we're a team. That's such an important thing. Like, even if, you know, you drive up to wherever the restaurant, and even if, again, it's one other couple to just stop and go, hey, how you doing? Like, are we on the same team? I think everyone should do this, whether they have a partner who gets anxious or not. It's just such a nice way to set intention, to ground, to be mindful before you walk in. It's also great to have some rules set up because for sure, I've worked with lots of people who have an issue with the drinking of a partner, again, regardless of social anxiety. So it's really good to have some ground rules before you go in. Here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's what I'm not. How can we decide on this? That kind of thing. So think of that in general, or I would even say to do the ground rules before you were that close to the thing so that you could talk about it and have longer conversations if needed. So I want to say that. The other thing I want to say is you got to remember always, Maisie has to remember this, everyone does, you have to connect to correct. So, you know, talking about this embarrassing thing or what you felt that night or anything else, which I'll get into in a minute, but before you ever do anything like that, you want to make sure that the two of you are connected. You want to do that at a time when you're doing great, when you're getting along really well, when things are going fabulously. That's when we talk about things that are hard. Uh, I know this feels counterintuitive. I know <laughs> the instinct is like, oh, we're getting along. I don't want to rock the boat now. But that is the exact time you need to do it because, again, you're connected, you're doing well, and this is the best time to bring things up. I have a lot of episodes about how to bring it up and, you know, uh, getting ready for things and all that. And, uh, you know, I can link to some of those in our notes uh, when you come to the website. But uh, it's that part is is big anyway, no, with, again, with no matter what you're doing. And. I do want to say, you know, keep in mind, so I think in this case with Maisie and Josh, Josh is likely more uncomfortable and upset than you are, Maisie. Uh, and I think we forget that because we're feeling our own embarrassment. We're feeling our own feelings and our partner can seem like unaffected by it or it's not that big a deal or they're brushing it off. And a lot of times they're doing that because they're embarrassed, because they feel less than. Because now maybe Josh is thinking, oh my God, Maisie's not going to want to stay with me because she's finding out the real me. She's finding out that I'm like a freak underneath this great exterior I was able to have for so long. It's not, not a coincidence he didn't mention the social anxiety for so long. He's probably embarrassed by it. He probably feels like it's a weakness or God knows what else. So 
you know, when you go after people around this stuff, when you want to talk about this thing that they've been avoiding for so long and that they don't want to talk about, you really have to have some kick gloves. You really have to have some love and a lot of patience. Slow your roll. I get that you want this thing fixed, but, uh, you know, what do I talk about all the time? It's like, you know, you're spinning at your own pace. That's everybody is. We're all going through our lives and our own momentum, our own pace. We have something going. And then, you know, we're spinning in our little, you know, world. And then someone else is spinning in their little world with their pace and what they've been thinking about and what's on their minds. And we think everyone should be at the same you know, the same speed we're at and they're not. A lot of times people are faster or slower or, you know, and so it sounds like Josh needs to catch up to where Maisie is. He has not been thinking about this in the same way. And so I would tell Maisie to slow her roll and, you know, really understand that. And in that same way, Maisie's like, oh, I want to introduce him to my, reintroduce him to my friend that, you know, who co-hosted, who hosted this party where it was so embarrassing. Has Josh asked for that? Has he come and said to you, wow, I'd like to make a better first impression with your friend or a second impression with your friend? If he hasn't asked, <clears throat> don't you go around trying to fix it. Don't you go around trying to, you know, again, you're you're trying to force something onto Josh that's not really fair. And it's to make you feel better, not to make Josh feel better. <clears throat> so I'd really like you, sorry. <clears throat> sorry about the coughing, sorry. I'd really, I'd really like you to think that through a little more on, you know, why do you want this so much? Why are you trying to fix this? And maybe you're not in a rush, uh, Fabulous Maisie, I don't know, but I, I don't see any time that you need to do this without making sure that's Josh's idea or at least having a discussion with him first about it. And that would include a lot of questions, not how you feel about it, but trying to find out how he feels about it. Hey, let's say the friend's name was Rick, you know. Hey, Josh, <laughs> when we're getting along and doing fabulously. Um, you know, so I know we've talked about that, what happened at the party with Rick, you know, before. And so, and I'm curious, do you want to meet him again? Do you want to never see him again? <laughs> Are you hoping that I just go be friends with him and you never have to see this guy again? Like, what, what do you want? What do you need? How can I support you? What if we flip this around, Maisie, and looked for how we could support Josh in this thing that's so hard for him? And you're going to get a lot better response than if Josh feels like he's getting pushed on a play, an adult play date that he doesn't want. And so, or, you know, just again, to please you. And you really do want to have empathy for Josh. He's struggling with this. I have empathy for you too, Maisie. I love you. But, you know, it, it's very easy to get very, to get caught up in our own, you know, feelings and, and, uh, upset about something without really thinking about the other person and they're upset uh, and what they're going through. So, yeah. So I want to say that too. Um, I'm just thinking where I want to go. Okay. And if you do do it, make sure that that's on Josh's terms. If you do have this meeting again, make sure that it's Josh who gets to say where, when, how, and maybe it's not just one-on-one -on -one with this friend, even though I know a big group is hard. When you have, um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's hard when, it, like, maybe go golfing or something so they can, like, talk on the course or, you know, I, I wouldn't make it just like, let's sit down and chat. You know, that's something that women do better than men. I say with love to the men. Uh, you know, often people are more comfortable, and teenagers, by the way, if you have, ever have kids, they're Maisie. Um, or maybe Maisie has kids. I didn't even ask. Uh, 
it's better to do, do something where you're doing something when this kind of stuff comes up. It really is. It breaks the ice a little more. It doesn't make it so intense with the one-on-one -on -one eye contact and it, it just relaxes everybody. So think of that. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay. So I wanted to share, there's, um, there actually has been research on social embarrassment. I know. How do you like that? And there's been research with embarrassment within couples. And there's actually like four kinds of embarrassment. And I want to say first that, you know, social, and this is all like social, the social psychology world, right? That's what they study mostly this kind of stuff. And, you know, there is an evolutionary purpose for being embarrassed. And in it's thought that it's so that, you know, if you're not socially acceptable and doing things that are socially acceptable, you could get kicked out of the clan, right? You could get, you know, told you no longer belong here. We don't want you anymore. And that, you know, evolutionary wise would mean death. So you, it was very important to be accepted. It was very important to be liked. It was very important, you know, to be followed. If you uh, can, yes, social media knows all this. So in the market for investment worthy bags, watches and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Keeping us in line so we didn't get kicked out of our group, you know, was real. So having that feeling of embarrassment was one of the cues to let us know if we were maybe on track for that happening, <laughs> which wasn't going to be a good thing. So uh, I will say there, there's a real evolutionary purpose to it. Now, the way it shows up in modern times or, you know, in our lives today, and, there, and I'm going to read from my notes a little bit. Uh, Mark Leary is a professor and the director of the social psychology program at Duke University. And he has established or talked about these four ways that, uh, or four categories of embarrassment with a partner. And uh, and they're really interesting. And it's it's just good to sort of think about how it's showing up and, and what's happening. So the first, of course, the first way is what they call empathic embarrassment. And that's, you know, just because we feel for our partner. If you're walking into a, a party and your partner falls, <laughs> right, and trips and falls over something, we went, you know, like, ah, uh, and we feel a little embarrassed. But it's kind of like it's empathic. You know, we're feeling embarrassed for them. We feel like they're a reflection on us, maybe, you know, in whatever way. And we we sort of feel that feeling because it's somebody we really care about, right? So that one, of course, is, you know, quick, goes away, hopefully. 
uh, in you have to check yourself if that's something that had been there all night. If your partner, yeah, tripped walking into a party or something, and that's all you could think about all night was how embarrassing it was, that's on you. You know, mo- everybody else has forgotten. And you, again, really want to kind of, you want to look at embarrassment anyway. It's always on you, but uh, there's ways, you know, there's different kinds of embarrassment and there's ways that maybe you could let things go quicker and you have to notice how self-conscious you are uh, and try to ease that a bit. Okay. <clears throat> so that's way one, number one is empathic. That's the first category. The second is reflective. And reflective is if your partner is doing something that you find humiliating. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to, think, well, like this, actually, this situation, <laughs> you know, drinking too much, getting in a fight, maybe your partner um, raises their voice and you find it a little embarrassing um, at a restaurant or something, right? That's reflective embarrassment. They're like doing something that you find embarrassing. And the re- we think that the reason we find this one embarrassing is because we're thinking that other people are thinking about us. What's wrong with her? Why did she pick that guy? Like, she must be scraping, you know, Maisie must be scraping the bottom of the barrel if she's picking Josh. Like, what's wrong with her? Um, you know what I mean? We, we think it's reflecting in that way on us, as, which is different, of course, than what we think, how it's reflecting, you know, what's happening if a partner trips going into a party. That's a very that's a very different thing. I'm sure you can feel the different kinds of embarrassment that is. So I think what we're talking about here is reflective embarrassment, but I'll talk about the other two categories also. So uh, the third category is one-sided. And this is um, when you find something mortifying, but your partner doesn't at all. So, you know, you know, when your partner's break dancing and they shouldn't be at, at your family reunion and you're just dying and they think they're great, they're having a ball. Or maybe your partner tells this like horrible, like really embarrassing joke somewhere, you know, you're out to dinner with friends and they say some like really inappropriate joke and you're just like, oh my gosh, stop that. Um, <laughs> but they think it's great and funny and they think you're overreacting. That's the one-sided embarrassment, right? Uh, and you can see how that maybe shows up in your relationship or not. And then the last one is the most worrisome, I would say. And I would say that the one-sided embarrassment, there's a lot of conflict because they're doing this thing. And again, that was a little of what happened with Maisie and, and Josh too. He was having this argument and she felt like, you've got to be kidding me. You shouldn't be having this argument. And so um, there's a, often a lot of conflict because we're trying to get our partner to stop doing the thing and they don't think it's a thing. So it's one thing if they can like kind of attach that it's a thing, but it's a, you right that, oh, I could see why you're embarrassed about that. But if they can't even see it and they think you're just overreacting, that's often where the most um, problems come in. The most conflict comes in because you, right, you're trying to say your state, your side, and they're thinking you're overreacting, you're ridiculous. You know, they they want to minimize what's happening. And so there, there's a I find when I'm working with couples that that's probably where the most fighting is in in conflict in that in that little category. And then the last one, which I think is the most worrisome for sure, is targeted. Um, targeted embarrassment. And sometimes this is intentional and sometimes it's not. So it could be, and I'll see this one. Um, this is something that embarrasses you directly. So um, 
uh, I had, uh, this wasn't long ago. I had a woman who said they, she was out to dinner with her husband and, <laughs> and about, I'm laughing cause right. It wasn't me, but, um, and she said there was a, a, about like 15 people there. It was, it was a thing at her kid's school and they were all getting together. They were all going to be on this committee together. Anyway, so there's about 15 people there and they all decide to have like a potluck together and to have like a meeting about this thing that they were doing, this committee they were on. And she said her husband announced like somebody, something happened where um, they like, they were talking about farting for some reason. I don't even know why that came, but all I know is that her husband ended up announcing to the group that my client, oh, she farts in bed all the time and it's gross. And he starts going on and on about her farting in bed, right? And she's mortified. She like barely knows these people and she's trying to get him to shut up and he's just going on and on. That is targeted embarrassment, right? That is just embarrassing her, nobody else. And whether he meant it or not to embarrass her, I think he did. I think he was being passive aggressive, but um, because he didn't really want to go to this meeting and she had kind of dragged him to it and said, like, we should go as a couple. You always expect me to do everything, you know, and um, he he his thing is like, you know, I work full time. I need to relax. I have very little time to relax at night. You know, why can't you just go do this? Why do both of us have to suffer kind of thing? And so I wasn't. I, I was like, huh, when that kind of stuff happens and then somebody's doing something like that, I feel like it's passive aggressive. So he might not realize it, but that's what I think. I could be wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me. But anyway, so that would be targeted, right? And I think we could say with Maisie and Josh that he did not target her in any way, right? Even though Maisie feels mortified, just mortified. And so understanding kind of what category you're in can often be helpful. Uh and I would really come back to just how humiliated Maisie feels. What is that? Maisie, what is that? Why, when, and this is for anybody listening who finds themselves just overcome with embarrassment about something that sometimes it's your kid, but, you know, your partner. Again, we think that these people are reflections of us. They're not. They're not. Really, what we're, I think, mostly embarrassed about is this other piece I mentioned before. We think somehow when they're doing something that's so embarrassing, as long as it's not targeting us, right? As long as we're not the only one embarrassed. But when they're doing, if they're breakdancing at the wedding or drinking too much or whatever that is, we see it as somehow that people are going to think less of us. People, and I think Maisie's worried about this, that her friendship circle is, you know, here she was, it's really hard because here she was thinking she's going to show off her fabulous man and that is not what happened. So I think that's part of the problem is her expectation was so high because she knows him. But the bigger piece is this wanting to impress these people, these friends. And I would say, you know, if these friends love you, Maisie, and I'm sure they do, then there you don't have to defend Josh. You don't have to say anything about Josh. You don't have to reintroduce them and try to make a better impression and do all those things. You know Josh. You know he's a great guy. This is just somewhere he's struggling. It doesn't take away from how wonderful he is. And all the things you thought before you walked into that dinner party are all true. The only thing that has happened is he has shown you kind of a weakness that he has. And so to me, it's not about like, oh, we need to fix this weakness, you know, and, and make this better and, and, and do, you know, whatever this anxiety is about it. To me, this is about you 
because your level of embarrassment to me doesn't quite match what happened. I get why I understand it, but I'm hearing from this email, which you wrote very well, that you're trying to get him to understand how bad it is. You're, you know, you want him to feel like you do. And I don't think he needs to. I don't think that will help him. I don't think that's getting you where you want to go. I, I don't think anything. And I, I think, again, your reaction is a bit, I say with all the Jewish mother love in my heart, is a bit outsized. So for the future, it's really about you and Josh are a team. You're a team. So when you're going into something, you want to check yourself and you've got to work on that. Why are you self self-conscious about this? What past shame do you have about the men you're with? I don't know who else you've been with. So I don't know if you've come to parties with other guys that your friends didn't like, and now you feel like you finally got a good one and now they're not going to like him. I don't know. This feels like old stuff, not new stuff. It feels like, again, you kind of had him in a category, you know, on maybe a little bit of a, you know, um, pedestal that he didn't belong on. And again, all I think that's happened is you've learned that he has a hard time in crowds and that he was hiding a bit this bigger problem. So your job is to figure out together, it's not a him problem, it's not a Josh problem, it's a we problem because we're a couple, how to be able to start talking about this more. And again, slow your roll. He hasn't talked about it before. He kind of hid it from you for a long time. So this is this is a this is a touchy topic for Josh. So let's give him some grace. Let's give him some room. Let's give him some patience. And I think this is too much to do, Maisie, with your ego around it, about how what other people think of you guys. Screw them. You know what you think of him. You know who he is. You know what a great guy you've got. So so yeah, he 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 acted like a jerk one night. I don't know. He drank too much. But I don't want, like, I don't feel like that should shift everything. And I don't think you should have to defend him or prove him different or anything else. I think you let your friends know with this friend who ran the party, like, yeah, he really struggled, you know, boom, don't apologize for him. Don't anything else. It was an argument. They, nobody, I don't think he threw a punch, you know, okay, not the best, but not the worst either. Uh, you know, he didn't belittle you in front of the group. He wasn't like, there wasn't things here that are so bad. He got in an argument. He probably shouldn't have been in. He was probably wrong. And he drank too much and he was very anxious and upset. That's what we have here. And in any of these situations with anybody listening, I want you to find your compassion and your love. I want you to find your, your kindness. I want you to find your gentleness. I want you to find what you know to be true. and screw what everybody else thinks. What do you know? And stop trying to like prove yourself, you know, look at your own ego and keep it in check. Why am I so worried about this? This is really not a threat to my relationship. This isn't between he and I. This is a threat. This is from outside. The biggest threat here is maybe I would lose some of these friends, which I would say they're not friends then. Um, or not the way you need them to be. But the people who love and know you, well, you can just tell them the truth. Oh, you know, yeah, he had a hard night. I, I really feel for him. I hope you'll be as patient and loving and kind as I plan to be with him around this. That's what I would love for you to say to those people. Not thinking, oh, how do I orchestrate us getting all together so that he can prove himself? Poor, poor Josh. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of pressure that I wouldn't want. So again, 
I'm not saying he should never meet these people, but ease it in. I am saying that you want to, again, knowing what you know now is start, it's not going to be one conversation. So start having some gentle conversations. What does this remind, Josh, what does this remind you of? Can you tell me some times in your past when this has come up? Um, is there a reason you felt like you couldn't tell me before? Uh, you know, have you dealt with this in any way? Have you ever done anything that was helpful to deal with this? What have you tried that hasn't worked? I mean, I can think of a million questions to be talking to Josh about that are going to shift the, the conversation. But Maisie, I'm going to beg you and anyone else listening who's in this position to not spend time getting him to see how bad it was or getting him to see your point of view or getting... That's not where the energy needs to be here. And when the time comes, it's so funny. You want him to show empathy for you, but you're not showing it for him. Show him, like, show up for him first. He was the one that had the harder time there, believe it or not, not you. I know he's not acting like it was, but he did. So model what you want to see. You want him, you want to feel seen and heard. I don't think he feels seen and heard. So, you know, I, what do I always say? The one of the most pain needs to change first. And this isn't objective. I've had, it's funny, I've had people um, come back at me like, well, my partner's in more pain than me. And I'm like, your partner's not talking to me. So you're the one in the most pain. Trust me. You're, so in this case, yeah, Josh might be in more pain than, than Maisie, but he ain't listening. He didn't write to me. So guess who's in the most pain? Maisie is. So you're the one who needs to change first. You're the one who needs to like lean in first. So that is what I would really recommend highly. I know you can do it. I can tell from the way you wrote the email that you have all the chops to make, make this happen amazingly. <clears throat> I have no worries about it at all. So there you go. That is what to do if uh, your partner is embarrassing you. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to start to cough. So I'll, I'll start to sign off here before I cough in your, in your face. Just know that you can do this. I have faith in you. I love you so much. And keep writing in with your questions. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you. And I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.